Hello, everyone. This is Kevin Jennings with the Mentor Team and a co-host of this podcast, Executive Minds. And before you listen, I wanted to let you know that this is actually a replay of an episode we put out last year. And as the team knew this summer, we wanted to uh, take a short break uh, to get some new episodes in. We also spend time with our family. Uh, We wanted to put together a few episodes we thought would be really great for you to hear again uh, and to also welcome some of our newer listeners to kind of get them introduced to the archive we have here. And so we hope you enjoy today's replay of the Executive Minds podcast and subscribe because we have new episodes on the way. Enjoy. Welcome to the Executive Minds Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Hey, everybody, Kevin Jennings again here with you for episode 152 of the Executive Minds Podcast. Now, in last week's episode, you heard from Dan Cathy, and he is back with us for part two of his conversation with David Farmer and Shane Benson, two mentors on our team. And so in this conversation, we kind of fast forward to this current chapter of Dan's life as a chairman of Chick-fil-A and what he's doing outside of the organization. It's some new projects he's working on, new initiatives, humanitarian efforts. And really, in my opinion, just kind of summing it up, this concept of how exploration and frustration can help you stay sharp, how they can help you keep growing and help you make a difference. Um, We'll also talk about how you can balance multiple interests as an an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur is a person who's creative and has multiple interests outside of what you do every day. And so this is a fantastic conversation that I know you're going to enjoy. And without further ado, here is David Farmer, Shane Minson, and Dan Cathy. When I think about how you lead and the role you play, I feel like uh, you you step into a couple unique roles. Part of it is you are trying to be a culture keeper for Chick-fil-A. Don't lose that, which is special and really, really healthy. But at the same time, you very much play a catalytic role. So I think you did that with a lot of the hospitality work and some of the other things that, that Shane has talked about. We have a long list of things where you've, you've been this sort of catalyst. And well, I think I get more credit than I deserve, actually, because I, I might think of some of these things, but if it isn't caught and infected and other people kind of pick it, it never happens. Well, because you have big visions, and so you definitely need help. I get that. But you still— A lot of help. But— <laughs> but, but <laughs> But somebody has to kind of get outside of the world as we know it yeah. today and think about what could be. And so, Shane, you rattled off some examples. I, I, I'm thinking of some others. We, If you like Chick-fil-A lemonade, you, we actually have that in our business today because Dan wandered off the reservation one day and decided he was going to just start. in trouble for that one. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you, you got Jimmy your... Collins saw that I was out there working on product R&D at two grand opens at the same time in Tampa and St. Pete area, and he gave me the ride act over the telephone. He was not happy with all. He was our, he was our president it, so. and, and Truett's <laughs> business partner. But you did. You kind of went out on that. I don't know what prompted you, but you went out on your own and said, hey, there's an opportunity here. Well, my dad told me to do it. Let me be very clear, just to clear the record. Okay. He, he said, I think we could do something with fresh squeezed lemonade. He said, why don't you go find you some oh, lemons? that's really neat. And we had this little desktop, the tabletop lemon juicer that we use for lemon pie to juice the lemons for the lemon pie. And that's all I had. And so we got us a couple of cases of lemon down at uh, St. Pete, Florida. And that's where it started. Dan, my favorite 
definition of luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And one of the principles that I think Truett and your dad did really well for us is he took, he taught us how to take advantage of unexpected opportunities. And some may call that luck. Others look at it and go, wait, let's just be, if we're prepared to take advantage, then yeah, call us lucky. Um, I think you've done that extremely well inside of Chick-fil-A, but also outside of Chick-fil-A. And I want to make sure that we touch on some of those things, if you don't mind, but there have been a lot of unexpected opportunities through relationships that you formed, um, you know, meetings that you've had with people in and around Atlanta, across the world, where it's allowed you to take advantage of some unexpected opportunities. But there is a list of things that you're involved in outside of Chick-fil-A. And I would love for you to just spend a little bit of time talking about some of the things that you're involved in, as well as maybe how you got involved in some of those things. Because I think I think it's really healthy for leaders to have other things outside of their core business to keep them sharp. And you've talked about to help them stay relevant as well. But share with us a couple of things that you're you're currently working on. Well, we mentioned that uh, we all need to really work on the founder's mentality to appreciate the fact there's some fundamental timeless principles about founders. They're they're entrepreneurial. They're looking for opportunities. They're willing to operate off their hunches. Uh, they're they are um, they're willing to take risk. The objective of business is not to squeeze all the risk out of it. In fact, if we don't take risk, we know that goes to our demise. And if we don't exercise that entrepreneurial, those entrepreneurial hormones, if we don't exercise them, uh, atrophy can set in. And that's what we see in some of these iconic businesses that went down the tubes is they they lost their sense of perspective. They lost their muscle on being able to lean forward, anticipate where the customer is headed and where the puck is headed, as Wayne Gritsky would say. And so for my generation, particularly after my dad passed away, up until he passed away, I was very heads down, focused on the business, on the core Chick-fil-A. I was not entrepreneurial. I know that I knew that if I got a little entrepreneurial, I probably was going to have my hands slapped anyway. But after he, when he passed away, though, about five years ago, it really opened up a lot of blue sky for me. And I, I began to say, if I'm going to go for it, now's my time to do it. And I began to have some things that happened into my life that were unexpected. Uh, we had an empty building down at Peachtree City that we were approached by someone wanted to do a production company, uh, wanted to come and lease a building. And one thing led to another and eventually led to the formation of a organization called Pinewood Atlanta Studios, which is just here in South Atlanta. As you know, about 13, 14 years ago, the state legislature passed some legislation that would heavily incent through tax credits, the entertainment, the film and entertainment business to come to Georgia, which they did. And last year, it was a $9.5 billion uh, industry for the state of Georgia in terms of economic impact. And we become the Hollywood of the South now is this remarkable how mobile, how fast things shifted to Georgia because we have such a wonderful climate here. We got the ocean, we got the mountains, we have a favorable labor market here. And a very forward thinking, again, from our governor and state legislature. So we uh, we became a part of that industry. We have a total of 900 acres. We have 18 stages. We have a million square feet under roof right now. And we've become the home of a lot of the Marvel productions, some of the biggest movies that have been. If you're introduced. curious, when the credits come up for most of the Marvel, you'll see down there at the very end, it's like 
Pinewood Studios. Pinewood Atlanta there, Studios. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. They get a good tax credit from Georgia to make that <laughs> to make that list that's there. But anyway, that's it's, like it, Black Panther. Ant-Man. Yeah. Ant-Man was the first one, right? Ant-Man was the first one. uh, Spider-Man, Ant-Man. And now we have streaming services that are coming on a lot, which we're really excited about. There's a dramatic change going on, as you know, in the industry. And so we're, we're, as any industry has to follow those trends, anticipate whether it's Chick-fil-A or it's film and entertainment. So that's one initiative that we've got going on. A small one, but let's keep going. Keep going. Uh, from a humanitarian standpoint, I would say our heart's been touched by the the crisis that we have in the west side of Atlanta. Uh, here in, in the Atlanta area, just across the street from $1.65 billion football stadium, is a third world country, the 30314 zip code in Atlanta, the English Avenue, Vine City area, which had a 40% depopulation in the last 30 years. And it was not on my radar screen until... Uh, really, about 10 or 15 years ago, John Bridges on our Chick-fil-A staff introduced me to the City of Refuge, which was right at the heart of this incredible urban crisis that was going on. It was the center of uh, sex trade trafficking going on, drugs, incarcerations, high school dropouts, home foreclosures, on and on. And I, it just touched my heart that right in the middle of Atlanta, we had that going on. Are you kidding me? Right across from a $1.65 billion football stadium. And uh, we had people across the street digging through a trash can trying to find something to eat. You know, what's wrong with that? And Atlanta has a tremendous reputation of a deep social consciousness, not just from the elected officials, but from the private sector. People like Robert Woodruff, people like Tom Cousins. Modern days, time people like Bernie Marcus and Arthur Blank with Home Depot fame, who have been such humanitarians in our own generation that it touched our heart. And so we have a lot of initiatives that are going on there. One of our most exciting events that we just had is the Blood Benefit, which was patterned after the famous Robin Hood event in Manhattan. And that night we raised $5.3 million with Bruno Mars and Steve Harvey and Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, another exciting event that will be coming up. Uh, the date to be announced here very soon, coming up again for this next year with some other uh, headliner entertainment that'll be there. So business people can take their skills to be winners in the marketplace. And we should think about the humanitarian responsibility, talking about stewardship, that we have as the private sector business uh, can come alongside elected officials to be problem solving for major humanitarian issues that are going on every community around the world. So, you know, these are things that are very near and dear to your heart. Um, How do you balance this thing called Chick-fil-A and these other outside activities? And because I I do think most entrepreneurs, they find themselves like attracted to a lot of different things. How do you find balance or how do you work on balance in your life? What's really worked well for me is to make sure I've got a really good idea. And the idea has to kind of resonate, sit inside of you for for a while. And I, as a person of faith, I feel like God does inspire us. He he brings thoughts and ideas to our mind through conversations, through circumstances. It either touches our heart or it doesn't. But, um, you know, all of us have tears that well up in our eyes on certain conversations, mm-hmm. certain junctures and crossroads in our life. 
And we need to be, as leaders, we need to be very, very sensitive. That, that all, those are markers in our life. Those are those are crossroads in our life that we should recognize that God is really tugging our heart to maybe take action on some of that. And if it really begins to be a seed that that grows and wells within you, and you carefully and selectively and a right time share that with other people to see how it resonates. Now, if you let it out of the gate too early, somebody can rain on your parade mm. before you've come to the point that you're really deeply convicted of it. So my advice is to is to don't be too eager uh, to share those private thoughts that you have of maybe things that God may be stirring and inspiring in, in your time. But in the right moment, he'll give you the moment to, to share that with someone else. And if it picks up, if it the right people, God would not inspire with you with an idea and, and frustrate you with that inspiration without also coming to your rescue with the resources of talent and finance and the financial commitment that it may take mm-hmm. to make that dream become a reality. And my experience has been that as I've shared with some of these ideas with other people and there's others uh, that you know about that we've not mentioned, God begins to bring alongside you incredibly gifted talent. And he miraculously begins to help you with the financial means to be able to fund and capitalize those ideas over time. It takes patience, mm. but uh, it's in a very exciting place to live is to try to live life beyond your checkbook and beyond your calendar. God wants us to be in a place of incredible dependence on him. He wants to expose our inadequacies as a leader. And when, we see, when we're leaving life safe within our capacity, then we're not living the exciting life that I think God wants us to be, to be living. And so it's quite fun. It's quite an adventure to live life in the space of your inadequacies. That's really good. I want to follow up on that because we've had the chance to— you know, hang with you. We've been on the road with you and you seemingly have boundless energy. I mean, you go hard. I know you were taught to work hard from the time you were a young boy, but all these passions that you have, these opportunities that you're pursuing, I just don't know others who can manage it like you do. Talk a little bit about just the practices, the disciplines, the way you go about channeling your energy, uh, managing your calendar, staying in a position where you're able to pour yourself into all these things that you feel like God has prompted you to do. David, there are four areas in a leader's life that I think that every leader has to be very, very focused and intentional and very conscious on a daily basis, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Being at our very best mentally, a leader has to be a, a student. They've got to be sharp at their game. They've got to be in training 24-7, eyes, ears looking for leaders, books, conferences, podcasts, and other things that can help them be at the top of their game. And you like to wear your name badge, your Chick-fil-A name badge that says, says in training. And that's not a joke. No? You know, it's not a joke. It, it means that we're learners. And if you make a mistake, then maybe if you've got in training on your name badge, maybe people will be a little bit more patient with it. <laughs> I like to be with Dan when he tries to get in a place with the student discount because oh, yeah. he always tells people, well, I'm a student, <laughs> right, man. Yeah. So let's be at our best mentally. Right. Let's be passionate emotionally. 
and bring that passion. You know, the tears that well up in our eyes and our voice quivers. Uh, man, that's important. People see who your heart is as a leader. Uh, people don't follow people with great business plans. They follow people with courageous, charismatic, passionate about what they're doing. Thirdly is to be our best physically. And I have to think of myself as an athlete. I mean, I really discipline myself as an athlete. I do a lot of workouts. I, do, I lift weights. I run. Uh, I'm running Peachtree Road Race times now that were better than what I was running 20 years ago. Wow. Uh, I'm just I'm just going at it. I'm in better shape now than I've probably ever been in my, in my life physically. And, and then spiritually, you know, realizing that temptation comes our way. And, and how can we defy gravity as a leader? People expect you to fall off the wagon. People expect you to get your priorities out of order. They expect you to start slacking off, all that kind of stuff. And I've lived with that all my life to know that people expect you to mess up. And I'm, I'm just, just dogged and determined by God's grace. Uh, I want to finish well. I want to go all the way to the end. I want people to have to be pallbearers to have to sit on my tombstone and to sit on my casket because uh, I ran all the way to the very end mm. and gave it my very, very best. And it's so important for the next generation to see that as we get older, we don't have we, we can get better as we get older. And I see, you know, people like Moses and I see Joshua's of Scripture and on and on and on, courageous men that went all the way to the finish line. So many tragic things we see of older men who make bad choices at the end of their life. And it undoes their entire lifetime of great examples mm -hmm. because they got foolish and sloppy at the end. And God forbid that that would happen to any of us. Yeah, Mental, wow. physical, emotional, and spiritual. Man, those are good, good practices to for any leader to focus in on. So thanks for sharing those, Dan. Dan, do you do any form of um, just goal setting or sort of mapping out outcomes you want to see in a given period of time, whether it's a year, a quarter, a week, whatever? I mean, how do you, what, what kind of systems do you have? Well, one of the systems we have here at David at Chick-fil-A, being a family business and privately held, is that we have a long time horizon. And one of the great practices that we've had here, and I've tried to follow this in my personal life as well, is to set 10-year kind of goals. 10-year uh, goals are fantastic because they're not dependent on current economic circumstances. Business goals are not determined about uh, on your current products that you've got on your menu or uh, your points of distribution. You can have much more of a blue sky as you think that way. And so back in the late uh, 70s, we made decisions or goals as to what we're going to accomplish by the time we're uh, into our 80s, moving into this building was a product of that kind of long-range planning that we had. Uh, I remember setting a goal in the year 2000 that we want to hit a billion dollars in sales. That was a big, big stretch goal. My dad wouldn't even let us talk about a billion dollars in sales uh, because I think he, he couldn't envision that, that it would happen. We'd have to do something stupid or foolish or risky to take that on, but it did happen, as you and I know. And so in our personal life, I think as well, we need to think how we're going to finish. You know, let, let, let's finish well. Let's set some big goals, big challenging. We call it BHAG goals, as mm -hmm. you know, big, hairy, audacious goals. And again, those are goals that go beyond our present resources that expose our inadequacies, and that's where life gets exciting. So, you know, Shane, we just probably we just been right in the throes of planning here at Chick Fil A, yeah. but just listening, Dan, do you speak? It just reminds me we probably don't think enough about ten years out. 
So that's a good word. That's a good challenge. For well, us. it's the it's the urgency of the now yeah. uh, that I think many of us as leaders sometimes we have to pull up and think and um, really stretch ourselves to yeah. think about that horizon out. In the well, future. you guys know that we got a very clear goal of where we want to be in the year twenty thirty, and there's some decisions and choices that we have to make now in order to responsibly be leading a business of where three of us know we want to be in the year twenty thirty. And you don't start that in the year 2028. You know, it's some selections, particularly on people that need to be an incubator over the next 10 years in order for us to be where we need to be in the year 2030. So long range thinking and planning helps you make better choices about today. Yeah, that's good. So, Dan, we're getting close to the end. This is it's been flying by, but I want to I, I really want to challenge listeners out there, specifically leaders out there with something that you taught me so long ago. Um, it's one of the things that I remember most. You used to carry around this toolkit. You still do. Has a lot of articles in it that are analogies for leadership lessons. And I think this is a good one to end on because it's really important for people to remember this one. But you you share this example and the power behind this idea of the oxygen mask. Can you share that with us? And maybe we'll end there. Yes. Well, we've all been uh, on the jetway as they give explanation to us that if if in the event of emergency and if the plane depressurizes, there will be oxygen masks that, that drop down from the ceiling and put the strap over the back of your head and put the instrument over your cup, over your nose and mouth. And I love this part and breathe normally. Trust me, <laughs> if, if you're breathing normally, if you have an emergency depressurization, yeah. you're the only one yeah. breathing normally. Yeah. But it reminds us that um, that even the, in the cockpit, before they manually mash the button to release all those oxygen masks, the pilots always put their oxygen mask on first. And that is so important for leaders to realize that as a leader, that if you don't put your oxygen mask on first, you're going to bring in, into jeopardy and risk the loss of a whole cabin you know, full of people. Or in the case of business, a whole organization you know, full of folks. I, I was listening to NPR this morning and hearing about a major financial institution that's shutting down. They they made the announcement eighteen thousand people are going to lose their job. Wow, you know, and that's tragic that so many people are paying the consequence of the fact that probably someplace back upstream, maybe five years ago, maybe even ten years ago, they forgot and they made bad choices and decisions. That now they're re they're reaping the harvest mm -hmm. of not thinking wisely long term about the future, and so leaders have to put your oxygen mask on first. When I put my oxygen mask on first, I sometimes feel self-conscious, to be honest with you, that I should be helping somebody else with their oxygen mask on. And you have to kind of get over it. You don't need to be self-conscious. If you're walking out the door at three o'clock to go to a dance recital for your daughter, you're doing the right thing because you're going to have to be the father for that little girl for a long time to come. And you're going to have to be married to that daughter's mother, you know, for a long, long time. And you know that you're going to be better in the long time if you're still married, if you're still a good dad or a mom, you know, to children, and you'll still be a better business leader, that God will reclaim that time for you. He will multiply. And I do think there is a divine element of how we manage our time. We put our oxygen mask on first. God's going to redeem that time. He's going to make our lives more fruitful 
on the on the other hours where it works. So it's an important principle. So leaders, let's let's put our oxygen mask on first. Take care of ourselves. And watch how God's going to help us take care of other people. Well, the whole purpose of this podcast is to do just that, is to allow an avenue or format to where leaders can invest in themselves um, as they are leading other people. And it's such a powerful principle to be reminded of. And I just want to say thank you so much. It really is. And I know David feels the same way. It, it really is a privilege and an honor to follow you and to help you achieve some of the things that we're trying to achieve uh, within Chick-fil-A and outside of Chick-fil-A. So thanks for your time today. It means a lot. Yeah, and if I might add, as I reflected on the mental, uh, emotional, physical, spiritual, I thought, wow, uh, it's just hard for me to even wrap my head around all that you and your family and the business has done to invest in me and my family around those dimensions. And so mm-hmm. I feel so fortunate. And it's actually one of the reasons why Shane, Jeff Henderson, and Kevin Jennings and I even wanted to do a podcast to begin with, because we feel like we're so fortunate. We get to bump into all these great people. We want to share that with others. And so you were, you've been very gracious in your own comments to Shane and I talking about how you've enjoyed the podcast. So really appreciate you taking time. Yeah. out of your busy schedule well, just to come share. thank you for share. investing in leaders. You know, you're sowing seeds into the future that you'll probably never stand underneath those shade trees, and there'll be fruit that's going to come from this that you can never imagine. And so I salute both of you for what you're doing. Thank you for the investment that you've made in me. Thank you for the example that both of you are to me. I'm, I'm inspired by your example. Uh, whether it's you and I running a marathon together, which we did many years ago yes, that's out in Los many Angeles. Years ago. We didn't even have a chance to get into that. Uh, Shane. That, that may be just as well. So your example of physical fitness and cycling and other things that we've seen you do, uh, this is no doubt an iron sharpening iron experience for all of us. And it's a joy to, to, to live our best lives. It's a joy for me to live some of my best years with the two of you. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. And for all of you guys out there listening, I uh, just want to say thanks. It really is a privilege and an honor to get to invest uh, in what we hope helps you get from where you are today to where you want to be tomorrow. And oftentimes we just do these these formats to fill in the gaps and all of us are kind of learning from each other. So thanks for being a part of the community and uh, we'll leave you here today until the next time. Thank you again, Shane and David, for a great conversation that really has given a lot of us a ton to think about. Uh, I think one of the things that jumps out at me, um, obviously beyond the the framework of you know mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, as things that leaders must be thinking about, must be intentional about. I think what two things that jumped at me was one, this idea of defying gravity as a leader, this concept that yes, we believe that whatever goes up must come down and that the bigger they are, the harder they fall and the fall from the top is so steep and all these sayings that really just justify the fact that people have been promoted one layer beyond their character, not one layer beyond your competence. We've seen that happen in work in our jobs where maybe someone who was a great salesperson became a sales manager and they weren't competent as a sales leader, they were competent as a salesperson, top performer, but leading people is not been a skill they've refined and developed. So they're one layer beyond their competence. But in leadership, what will take you out the most is you being one promoted one level beyond your character. 
where the power you have is now no longer containing your character. The rules of being a subordinate or being someone who's supporting another leader kind of kept you in check because you weren't in charge. And then you became in charge and it revealed everything that was going on within your heart. In order to defy gravity, we have to work on our character, which happens through work on our mental, our physical, our spiritual, our emotional sides of life. And to me, that was just very convicting, but also very encouraging to have a new goal. Kevin, you want to defy gravity, right? You want to defy gravity as a leader. And that was really powerful for me. The other thing was very simple, right? It kind of connects to this. How do you do that, Kevin? How do you do that? You put your oxygen mask on first. Um, I'm a tool in the Enneagram, and I'm and and for those who are not into that, well, I'm sure we'll have Ian Cron on here one day. He's on my wish list. Um, but the key thing is, I often struggle with putting myself first. Uh, I struggle, and I know it might sound, "Oh, Kevin's so humble." No, no, no. I'm saying that even in the negative side, I struggle to to prioritize putting my needs first, and I neglect myself to the detriment of myself and others. That's something I've actively been working on the last year and a half. And so I just resonate with this concept and I resonate with the challenge of putting my mask on first, accepting that I'm no good to others. Unless I have something to give, I must show up a whole person in order to produce and lead at the highest level. And so I don't know who that's for today. I don't know where you are. Maybe that's not your struggle. Maybe you're very disciplined in, in, in taking care of yourself and making sure you're developing proactively beyond your mind and you're beyond your skills and, and competencies. But I'm encouraged today that that is how people like Dan Cathy can lead one multi-billion dollar business and then start another multi-million, soon-to-billion dollar business that are running simultaneously. It didn't just happen because... One, he was, you know, he's just so smart. He's just so creative. He steward, he was a steward of himself as his primary resource. And I think that's something we all can do as well. I also love the idea of setting 10-year goals and thinking long-term as well. But with that being said, I'm just happy you're here. I'm happy that you've taken time to invest in yourself because it's a positive step in the right direction. And, and I'm honored that you let us be a part of that journey with you. As we've always said, great Leaders have to grow on the go. You are building the plane in the air. And we recognize that that is challenging, but we're here to help. We are committed to helping you turn your potential into high performance so that you can grow your career. Because your ambition is a raw material that can lead to a greater impact. And we want to help you steward that. Thank you again for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, wherever you enjoy your podcast. And you can also check out show notes. So I know Dan referred to certain people, certain quotes, certain books in both of the episodes, 151 and 152. And you can find that at executiveminds.co. That's executiveminds.co. And it will take you straight to our podcast archive, as well as all of our show notes as well. Lastly, share this with a friend, right? Don't hoard this information. This is really, we're hoping you can invest in somebody else with this as well. So until next time, take care. Take care.